wherever you're watching this from, thank you, thank you, thank you. We do take a moment to just remember our heroes, uh, all who have fallen in the line of duty, uh, protecting us and uh, keeping us safe. But just anyone who's ever served uh, in the armed forces, uh, thank you so much. We celebrate you. We honor you. And uh, we're just very, very grateful for you. And if there is anyone who is serving or has served uh, at your house right now, why don't you take a moment, give them a hug, give them a kiss, give them a high five, give them a standing O, and uh, let them know uh, just how much you love them and celebrate them. And uh, we're just very grateful for you. Thank God for our nation. We are not perfect. We've got a long way to go, but thank God for America and thank God for this amazing nation that's been a light to the world. And we do pray God bless America. We do pray uh, that God's hand would continue. Uh, to bless our great nation in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we're in a series called Teach Us to Pray. And uh, last week was week one. We're going to continue with week two. So we're going to start at Luke 11 again. And we're going to read just a a few words from Luke 11, verse 1. And then we're going to read the Lord's Prayer out of Matthew chapter 6. Luke 11, verse 1 says, Lord, teach us to pray. Lord, teach us to pray. The disciples said, Lord, teach us how to pray to do what you do. How do we pray like you? And then we catch a glimpse of the detail of his response in Matthew chapter 5 that Luke does not give us. Uh, But for today, we're going to start at verse 9. Matthew chapter 6, verse 9. In this manner, therefore pray, our Father who is in heaven, Hallowed be your name. Now, if if it's on the screen for you, or if you have it memorized, why don't you read this out loud with me? Let's try that again. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen and amen. Father, as we come now to your word, we give you thanks and praise in the name of Jesus. And we're just grateful that you are good, you are kind. And uh, Lord, we thank you that your hand is upon us. And we receive uh, from your word now. We lean into your word. We believe your word. And we are expecting, Lord, that uh, at the end of this service, we will be able to say we have heard from heaven and we will never be the same. That's our prayer in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen and amen and amen. Come on, let me hear you say amen wherever you're watching from. Amen, amen, and amen. Well, we learned last week that our Father is good. That this is not good cop, bad cop, but this is good God. That our God in Christ has reconciled us to himself. That this was not Jesus stepping in the way of the Father, but rather this is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit in perfect unity, saving men and saving women. Jesus did not come to save us from the Father, but to reveal the Father. We learn that from John chapter 17. Jesus said in John 14, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Uh, I'm reminded of the book of Colossians chapter 1. Uh, that says that Jesus is the image of God. That's where we get that, that idea that I said last week, that Jesus is God with a face. 
If you want to know what the Father looks like, just look at Jesus. If you want to know the temperament of the Holy Spirit, just look at Jesus. That's why the fruit of the Spirit sounds a lot like Jesus, right? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, uh, gentleness, and self-control. It's the same it's the same temperament. There, there isn't good and bad. There's just good, good, good. And so the Father does not love us because of Jesus, but because the Father loves us, he sent Jesus. For God so loved the world that he gave. His only begotten Son. Not that for God so hated the world that he killed. The Father did not kill Jesus, and I'm not trying to rehash everything, but I'm, I'm just trying to catch you up a little bit and get this in your heart as we go forward. The Father did not kill Jesus. That was our sin. That was our death. That was, that was, that was the enemy and the enemies of God. That was violence, and that was Jesus laying down his life for us. And I'm so grateful for it. I'm so grateful for the love of the Father, and if, if you didn't catch last week's sermon, I'm, I'm begging you to watch. If you watched it, maybe watch it again. If you watched it and felt like, yeah, I know all this, you don't. Go watch it again, because <laughs> you need to get it in your spirit, because it's such a revelation that I, I truly believe will change your life and change how you see God. And so today we're really gonna look at our Father, hallowed be your name. And the name of the Lord is so important. Let's start in Proverbs 18, verse 10. I'm gonna teach a little bit and I'll preach at the end. The name of the Lord is a fortified tower or a strong tower. The righteous run into it and are safe. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it. The righteous aren't perfect, but the righteous do know where to run. <laughs> The righteous aren't perfect. They just know where to run. Uh, a righteous man falls seven times, the Bible says, but he gets up. Why? Because when we fall, we fall forward. When we fall, we fall into the grace of God. And when we run, we run into the name of the Lord. The name of the Lord is literally a geographical location that we, I'm in the name of the Lord. I'm in the name of Jesus and I find safety in that name. Now, the scripture has 955 names and titles for God. So God is not a name. God is a position. God is, I'm a human, but human is not my name. Yeah, my name is Jabin. God is God, but God has a name. And we're gonna look at that in a moment, but when Jesus says, hallowed be thy name, you've gotta know that there's power in that name. Now, here's just a few names of God that I thought I'd give you because I think it'll encourage your faith. Jeremiah 23, six says, in his days Judah will be saved and Israel will dwell safely. Now this is his name by which he will be called the Lord, our righteousness. The Hebrew there is Jehovah Sitkanu. The Lord, our righteousness. That's really good news. Because when we go to God, we don't go to God in our own righteousness. We go in the righteousness that he gave us. Righteousness is first and foremost a gift from God that he gives to his people. 
Jehovah Sikhanu. Here's Jehovah Jireh. So Abraham called that place, this is Genesis twenty two fourteen. Abraham called that place, the Lord will provide. Now I just love that Abraham called a place the Lord will provide. Because there is a place for you. There is a place for you. There is a place of promised provision. Never forget that. That's why the will of God matters, and that's why hearing the Holy Spirit matters. But he called that place the Lord will provide, and to this day it is said on the mountain of the Lord it will be provided. When he said the Lord will provide, he literally said Jehovah Jireh. God is our provider. Never forget it. And you can tell God that. Lord, you are my provider. You are my Jehovah Jireh, and you get to speak a little Hebrew. It's fancy. Okay, here's Exodus 15, 26. For I am the Lord, your healer. And what God said there is, I am your Jehovah Rapha. I am the one who heals. I am the God who heals. I am your God. I am your Lord, and I heal you. Here's Judges, chapter 6, verse 24. I'm just giving you some of the names. So Gideon built an altar there to the Lord and called it, now notice that again, he called the place, he called the altar, he called that moment, the Lord is peace, or Jehovah Shalom. Think about Gideon calling a, now by the way, Gideon was in a fight. Don't forget that. He's in a fight. Weston just said square up. Does anybody miss Weston's commentary on a normal Sunday? I miss it big time. Okay. Uh, (laughs) That was funny. We're leaving that too because that's hilarious. Listen, square up. Uh, he, He called the place. In a fight, I'm in a fight, and he called the place Jehovah Shalom. I can't say this yet, but I would love to get to the place where I can call this season that I'm in right now, the COVID-19 craziness, pandemic, what if we could get to the place in God where we could say, this is our Jehovah Shalom. I'm calling this place the place of peace. God taught me in this place. God gave us peace in this place. God gave us a peace that passes understanding in this place. Why? Because God's bigger than this moment. Gideon said, I'm in a fight. I'm going to war, but I'm at peace. Jehovah Shalom. This is awesome. Now there's 955 of those, y'all. Names and titles, and we're not not gonna be able to get to all of them. Well, let's just, you know, it's in quarantine. We could just, let's do all 955. We got nothing else to do. So now in Genesis chapter 12, very important. Genesis chapter 12, we see God introducing himself to Abram, who would become Abraham, Abraham would become the the founder, the the human founder of the nation of Israel. The Apostle Paul calls Abraham in Romans 4 the father of our faith. If you want to know what faith looks like, look at Abraham. So now Abram, don't forget this, was of the Chaldeans. Um, Abraham was from the Chaldeans and was of the Chaldeans. And the Chaldeans had many gods. They actually had a God for every need. Okay, think about this. They, we, we worship one God. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one God. That, that's, that's in your Bible. We worship one God. But the Chaldeans worship many gods. 
and they had a God for every need. If you needed rain, you went to the rain God. If you needed a baby, you went to the baby God. If you needed food, you went to the food God. If you needed grain, you went to the grain God. If you needed mercy, you went to the mercy God. If you needed grace, you went to the grace God. If you, if you needed forgiveness, you went to the forgiveness God. You had to go to a specific God for a specific need. So when God introduces himself to Abram in Genesis 12, God introduces Abram and at the same time is letting Abram know he's not going to need all those other gods anymore. Genesis 12.1, the Lord said to Abram. When God introduced himself to Abram in Genesis 12, this is when Abram meets God, God introduces himself as the Lord. Why does that matter? Because the Lord is God's greatest, holiest, most supreme name. This Hebrew word is Yahweh, translated into English as Jehovah or Lord. So when God introduces himself to Abram, he says, hey, Abram, I just want you to know something about me. Here's my name. My name is Yahweh. When he said that, he was letting Abram know that he was not going to be one of Abram's many gods. And a lot of y'all still tripping because you like Jesus, but it's Jesus and a lot of other things. <laughs> and you're missing out on the joy of Jesus because you're still putting him at the level of all your other idols. And y'all know we got idols? We got idols in 2020 in America in the West. No, no, it's not a little wooden statue that we go bow, bow down to. And idols of success, idols of money, idols of security, idols of, of sex, idols of greed, idols of fear, idols of offense, idols of bitterness. We, we got idols, y'all. I got them and you got them. And when God shows up to our lives, he shows up and says, you don't need all that anymore. By the way, it never worked anyway, did it, Abram? Because when you went to your baby God, y'all didn't have a baby. So it hasn't been working anyway. Well, this is a good teaching because I'm, I'm helping you right now. God comes to Abram and he says, I am Yahweh. Yahweh means the uncreated one, the preexistent one, the God above gods, the Lord above lords. Wow, Lord above lords. Doesn't that sound like somebody in the New Testament? Philippians chapter two, he's king of kings and Lord of lords. God was telling Abram, hey, Abram, when you need water, don't go to that water God anymore. You need to have a child, don't go to that, to that child fertility God anymore. You need food, you don't go to that food God anymore. Because I am the uncreated one. Pre I was here before any of that. I've been around. I'm God above all small g gods. I'm Lord above all small l lords. So if you need rain, you come talk to me. 
You need a baby? Even when Sarah's 100 years old, you come talk to me. Y'all need food, you come talk to me. You need grain, you talk to me. Abram, you need mercy, you talk to me. You need grace, you come talk to me. You need forgiveness, you talk to me. You need a ram in the thicket, you come talk to me. Abram, I'm gonna be everything that you need. Get rid of all your idols. Get rid of all your other gods. Get rid of everything else that you put your trust in and put your trust in Yahweh, Jehovah. I'm gonna be everything that you need. Everything else has been a terrible imitation of the real God, but now you know the real God, Jehovah God, Yahweh God, uncreated God, Lord of Lords, King of Kings. Hallowed be your name. Come on. <laughs> wow. Have you settled for a life of idols? This is why the writer of Hebrews says in Hebrews chapter 12, he says, y'all, everything that can be shaken is gonna have to be shaken so that you can see the unshakable kingdom that is the kingdom of God. And Abram goes, I am, I'm in. I'm down with this. I'm done with all these other idols. So now in Exodus chapter three, we're talking about hallowed be thy name. I know where I'm going. I know I'm talking about prayer. I'm trying to build your faith to pray. (sighs) You know, if I get up here and do a six-week series on, y'all should pray, ain't nobody gonna pray. But if I tell you how awesome God is, maybe you'll talk to him. Is anybody else just tired of hearing, I'm just tired of preaching about me. I want to hear about God. I'm not trying to be critical of anybody else. I just, I want to know who God is. I want to know who God is. What? Exodus chapter three. That was funnier in my head than it. (laughs) Jokes are still dying in the moat, even with an audience. They're still dying. Exodus chapter three, verse 14. Moses is having a conversation with God. God says, hey, you're gonna deliver my people out of Egypt. And Moses said, "Um, who do I tell them who sent me? Like, you want want me to go to Pharaoh and say, let my people go. Who who, who are you? Because Moses didn't know God. So he, he said, like, can I get a name? Because I'm going to have to go talk on your behalf. I'm going to need a name, God. And, and, and God says, you tell him, I am that I am. God introduces himself to Moses as I am that I am. And he said, thus shalt say unto the children of Israel, I am hath sent me unto you. God now introduces himself to Moses and the children of Israel as I am. This is an amazing Hebrew word. When God says I am, this means to happen, to occur, to take place, to come about, to come to pass, to come into being 
to arise, to appear, to be instituted, to be established, to exist, to be in existence, to abide, to remain, to continue. Okay, that was a lot of definitions, Jabin. What are you saying? God is saying, you don't need all these other gods. I am. And when you need healing, I am. It will happen. It will occur. It will take place. When you need a miracle, it will come about. It will come to pass. It will come into being because I am. When you need mercy and grace, it will arise. It will appear. It will be instituted. When you need forgiveness, it will be established. It will come into existence. It will abide. It will remain. It will continue. I don't know if y'all are catching this, but God says, I am. Whatever you need, I am. Whatever you're believing for, I am. Whatever, whatever you're desperate for, I am. Whatever you have tried to find in all of your idols that you haven't been able to find, I am. Whatever you've been searching for in all that other stuff, I am. Everything that's caused shame and death and destruction in your life, because you've looked for it in all the wrong places, God goes, I am what you're looking for. I am the answer to your prayer. I am the one that your heart is longing for. I am the thing that you've been thinking about, praying about, hoping for, looking for. I am that I am. And God says, I will not change. He said that in the book of Malachi. I will not change. This is who God is. So whatever you need, God is. Whatever you need, I am. So in prayer, I come boldly to the Father, who I know loves me, and I communicate my need. Knowing that, he will not only answer my prayer, but way more than that. Here's what I need you to catch. More than just giving me what I want, he will be what I need. So much bigger, so much bigger. Way bigger than... Okay, I'm going to go to God because I need. Whatever you think you need, you don't need as much as you need God. <laughs> Lord, I need a job. I will be your provider. Lord, I need a man. <laughs> I will be your security. <laughs> Lord, I need a girl. I'm lonely, Jesus. I'll be your comfort. Like, like the thing that you think you need, you don't even need. You need God. The, the, the thing you're praying for is not the thing you need. You need a person. He is I am. So more than God just answering our prayers, which is great, and I love when God answers my prayer, God is the desperate cry of your heart. So you think you need all this stuff because you believed a lie. What you need is a person. Hallowed be thy name. You don't need stuff. You need a name. 
and his name is Yahweh. His name is Jehovah. His name is I Am. And Jesus shows up in the book of John chapter 8 and says, Before Abraham was, I am. And the religious leaders tried to kill him for saying that. Why? Because what he was saying is, I am Yahweh. I am Jehovah. I am what you've been looking for. I am the, the, the deep cry of your heart. Hallowed be thy name. So here's what, here's what our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Here, here, here's what it means for me. Number one, when I, when I pray in this way, I start with security. I start with security. Our Father. Now, I'm not going to re-preach what I preached last week. But I start with security. I start with exhale. <sighs> I'm in the presence of my Father. God is my Father. I am His child. I am not afraid. Say that with me. Say that with me. God is my Father. I am His child. I am not afraid. Say it one more time. A little bit more strength. Come on. God is my Father. I am his child, I am not afraid. Okay, so that's how I start prayer. I start prayer right there. I'm in the presence of my Father. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. I'm hidden in Christ. I'm hidden in the name of the Father. I'm filled with the Holy Spirit, led by the Holy Spirit, surrounded by the presence of the Holy Spirit. I start my prayer with security, not trying to get to God, but I am now with God. James chapter 1, verse 17. Every gift God freely gives us is good and perfect. Streaming down from the Father of lights, who shines from the heavens with no hidden shadow or darkness. Like, do you catch, like there isn't a bad side to God. That's what, that's what James is saying. There is no shadow or turning, there is no shadow or darkness. He is good. He is kind, and he is never subject to change. So I go to the Father of lights. I go to my good and perfect Father. There is no shadow or darkness or turning in him. He does not change, and when I come to God, I start with security. So before I ask, I rest. Before I request, I breathe. Before I speak, I receive. Like you will love prayer when you finally experience the presence of God. As long as prayer is a list on your phone that you gotta go through, as long as prayer is a 911 call every couple of months, as long as prayer is a religious tradition that you think is earning you favor with God, you're missing it. But when prayer becomes Father, everything changes. Everything changes. You will love prayer when you experience the presence of God. 
I come to the Father in the name of Jesus, knowing that there is no separation between us. So let me just break this down really quick. We come to the Father in the name of Jesus. Jesus said in John 16, 23, in that day you will no longer ask me. Very truly I tell you, my Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Until now you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive and your joy will be complete. Jesus is at the end of his ministry. He's about to die and then rise from the dead. And he goes, guys, here's how you're gonna start praying from now on. You're gonna pray to the Father in my name. That's why we pray, Father, in the name of Jesus. That's why at the end of our prayer we say, in Jesus' name, amen. We get that from these teachings from Jesus. In Jesus' name is not a magic word, an incantation, or Christian superstition. In Jesus' name is not some spell that you put. Do you remember that? I don't know if you remember in the book of Acts, there was these guys, the sons of Sceva, the Bible said, that were trying to cast out demons, and they would say, in the name of Jesus who Paul preaches. They just thought it was this little incantation they could use. And the Bible said that demon-possessed person beat him up and stripped him naked because they didn't understand the power of the name of Jesus. They saw it as like a, a magic little spell. That's not what we're talking about. When I say in Jesus' name, I'm saying that my trust is in the finished work of Jesus. I come boldly to the Father because I've been covered by the blood of Jesus, forgiven and secure in the perfect work of salvation. So when I say Father in Jesus' name, I'm saying I'm not coming to you in my name, my righteousness, or my works. I'm coming to you in the name of Jesus, Jesus' righteousness, and Jesus' works. So our Father means security. I start my prayer with security. When you really get this, it'll be hard to even move on because you'll just love being in the presence of God. There's just a security there. It's almost like, Lord, I was gonna talk to you about a lot of stuff, but now that I'm in your presence, I'm just like, I think you got it. And God's like, yeah, for sure, I got it. <laughs> I, I end up thanking God more than asking God. Like I do ask God for some stuff, but I end up just thanking God and I just get distracted and kind of end there and I'm like, no, okay, so we good, huh? You good. And he's like, yeah, I'm better than good. Like, I promise you, I got you. But, but our, our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name, means now number two, I continue with worship. Hallowed be your name. I continue my prayer now with worship. Holy is your name. Father, I recognize who you are. I confess you are awesome. Awesome is your name. Hallowed be thy name. Holy is your name. I come to the Father in the name of Jesus, and then I don't just start my request. I start now, and I begin to worship. Awe, A-W-E, Awe creates miracles. Miracles do not create awe. Well, if I could just see it, I'd believe it. No, you won't. Well, God, if you just answer this prayer, I'll do it. No, you won't. 
Miracles do not create awe. Everybody that received a miracle from Jesus crucified him. A miracle doesn't transform the heart. But a transformed heart will create miracles. Awe creates miracles. Miracles do not create awe. So as I now continue with worship, I sing worship songs. I tell God who he is and I tell God how grateful I am for him and I tell God what I'm grateful for. I remind myself who God is. Philippians chapter four, verse six. Don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers. Okay, let petitions and praises shape worry into prayer. My praise is reshaping my life, reforming my life, changing my life. My praise puts Jesus back on the throne of my heart. Come on now. Because how many know you just go through the day and you see enough junk on social media, and you see enough junk through, throughout the day, and you hear enough junk throughout the day, and before you know it, you're going to bed, and you just got crap on you. You've just got all the stuff of the day, and, and now you've got thoughts and temptations, and you've got worries, because the day, I'm telling you, I, I deal with stuff at the end of the day. I deal with fear at the end of the day. I deal with lust at the end of the day. Preacher, you deal with us? Yeah, I'm a human. Awkward. Is this awkward? Is this not awkward? I deal with anger at the end of the day. And you know what I got to do at the end of the day? I've got to come back to my Father. And I've got to let my praise reshape all that junk into prayer and trust and communion. And I got to say, Father, wash me in the water of the Word. Get all this off of me because I've just been exposed to so much of the world throughout the day. And now, Father, reshape me where worry fear greed lust sin distractions and on and on can easily take charge and take the throne of my heart in praise i allow god lordship again of my life i continue in praise this is why the Apostle Paul would say, don't get drunk with wine, Ephesians 5. Be filled with the Holy Spirit singing. I don't know if you just caught that. How do I get drunk? I drink. How do I get filled with the Spirit? I sing. Woo! Play something on that piano right now. My God, no, don't. Man, I feel the anointing when I just said, did y'all just hear that? How do I get drunk? I drink. How do I get high? I take a hit. How do I get filled with the Spirit? I sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. I begin to sing praise unto God. I put Jesus back on the throne of my heart. I say, Father, hallowed be thy name. And all of a sudden, the Spirit of God begins to fill me. Power of God begins to wash over me. And all that junk begins to wipe away. This is what happens when we pray. I'm fixing to take a drink. No, the Bible actually says that in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 11. It says, of this spirit we have all taken a drink of. We drink of the spirit of God. In other words, we don't get high like the world gets high. We can receive a peace that passes understanding. Last thing, last thing, number three, trust that name. 
Trust that name. I start with security. I continue with praise, but now I, I trust that name. Hallowed be your name. Your name. See, the scripture tells us to praise the Lord. The scripture tells us to praise God. The scripture tells us to worship God. But it also tells us, think about this. I don't know if you've ever thought about it. It tells us to worship the name, praise the name, extol the name, sing to the name of the Lord. Have you thought about that? Don't just praise God, but praise the name of the Lord. Psalm 34, 3, oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. Psalm 97, 12, rejoice in the Lord. You who are righteous and praise his holy name. Praise his name. Why? Because names in the ancient Hebrew culture meant something. They represent who you are. They are an outward sign of inward character. So the reason that we worship the name, praise the name, sing to the name, exalt the name, is because we're telling God, God, whatever you've said about yourself, we believe that's who you really are. So hallowed be your name. Your name only means something if you can back it up. Like, we used to, like, agree to things on a handshake. Now you need a written contract for everything. You should just be able to shake someone's hand and put your name on it. A name used to mean something. A word used to mean something. And to God, it still does. God said, if I said it, you can trust me. If I've revealed that, that, that part of myself to you, you can trust me. If I've said that's who I am, you can trust me. So God, I'm gonna exalt your name, worship your name, praise your name because I know your name is who you are. Back to James chapter one really quick. No shadow or turning. In other words, God doesn't say he's one thing and does another thing. God doesn't talk a talk but not walk a walk. So when I say hallowed be thy name, I'm trusting his name. So I call him savior, deliverer, way maker, miracle worker, healer. Go ahead and play. Restore. I call him my peace. I call him my victory. I call him my joy. I call him my life. But not just to say fancy words. I say it because that's who he is. That's why one of the most amazing things that I want our church, and we're only two years old, I'm not in a hurry. But, but there will come a day in our church where, where we'll be singing a song and we'll stop singing whatever's on the screen and I'll tell the church, one day this will happen, I promise you, I prophesy. One day I'll tell the church, hey, just sing a song to the Lord. Just sing a new song to the Lord. Just just begin to tell the Lord who He is. And there will come a day that that song will be louder than the song on the screen. Because there will be such a revelation of who He is, you just start saying it. Because you know God, not just know about God, things start coming out of your spirit. 
then you just spontaneously, I don't need anything on the screen. Worship leader, don't tell me what to say. I know who my God is. And you start saying it. Waymaker. You're my healer. You're awesome. You're my father. You're my savior. That is who you are. You just start, it just starts coming out of your spirit. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. All those are things that God said about himself in the word. And then this worship leader named Sanak from, um, uh, from um, I can't remember the nation, from Africa, this, this, this worship leader writes this song. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. Because out of her heart, because she spent time with the Father, she now can pen these words. Are you, are you hearing this? Our Father, hallowed be your name. The number one thing that I can teach you as your pastor, the number one thing is not how to take care of your money, not how to be a better spouse, not how to be a nicer person, not how to raise your kids. I, I, I should do all of that and we do all of that. But the number one thing that I should do in my life is teach you who God is. Because if you'll let God father you, you're going to be okay with your money. You're going to be a great spouse. You're going to be an awesome parent. You're going to treat people with respect and honor. If I could ever, if you, if I could ever introduce you to God, all that prejudice, it would go away. All that racism, it would die. All that unforgiveness and bitterness, it would shed off of you. All that temptation that's keeping you bound, that pornography is broken. And do I have to give practical tips and tools and do I have to give you handles? Yes, I do. But my number one mission and goal and call is to just introduce you to your father. Because he will father you. He will teach you, and He will guide you, and He will lead you. Our Father, who is in heaven, holy, hallowed, awesome, is your name. And we worship you.